0: You're kind of tied up there. Sorry, just sleep there. Thanks, Lucas. How are you guys doing this morning? Doing well. My name is Don Love. I'm on the teaching team here and one of the elders here. Um, Today, we're going to be opening up to Matthew chapter 1. So, if you guys want to open up with me to Matthew chapter 1, put it on the screen. This is the ESV, this is the Holman Christian Standard. So, Matthew chapter 1 starting in verse 18. The birth of Jesus Christ came about in this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, she was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. But after he considered these things, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. "...because what has been conceived in her is by the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because you will save his people from their sins." Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken of the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. When Joseph got up from sleeping, he did as the angel had commanded him. He married her and did not know her intimately until she gave birth to a son, and he named him Jesus." Right, so let's summarize a little bit about this passage. If it'll change. Maybe you can change it in the back. It's not. Oh, we're going back. Okay, here we go. First one. Okay, first one is he was a just man. And so he's gonna discover that his fiance is pregnant, and he knows it's not his fault that this has happened. And so He's unwilling to put her to shame, so he's trying to figure out, what should I do? What's the best thing here? And so he decides, even though she's in the wrong, he's going to try to do what he can to honor her the best, and he's going to make this a very quiet divorce, and we don't know exactly how this all came down, what the timing is and everything. If you don't know much about Jewish betrothal, there's this period of once you say, yes, I'll marry you, the engagement really starts the marriage. But yet, at the same time, it doesn't officially begin until after the marriage ceremony and all of that. So, he's in this whole period of trying to prepare a place for his wife, bring his bride to himself. And as he's in the midst of this, he finds out there's something wrong here. This isn't going to work out. And so, he's sitting here trying to figure out what's going on. And so, an angel appears to him. And so, as Joseph is trying to struggle to figure out whether he should take her as his wife, he has a dream. And because of this dream then, he's going to take her as his wife, adopt this son as his own, and raise this son as his own. And so, as you saw that slide that popped up a second ago, that must have been some dream, really. Think about this. If you think about this, practically speaking, if you step out of the Christmas narrative that you've heard every year, and you start thinking about this being a real guy who's struggling, trying to figure out how do I make this major life decision that's going to be with me for the rest of my life, raising this child that isn't my own, getting involved in this marriage, it's gonna be very controversial. You know, what should I do here? And then he has a dream. And that solves everything for him. Um, I, that's not the way I make decisions normally. I'm not really trying to figure out, Lord, what do I do here? And then I have a dream, I know, this is what I'll do. I'll, I'll do this thing that the dream said. And so that leaves me with a couple of things as I struggle to understand what this must have been like for Joseph. I have had dreams before where they're so real in the dream that I'm like, this has to be a dream. And I'm interacting in the dream like this is beyond me. And it's almost like I'm praying in the midst of the dream, Lord, if you're trying to tell me something in this dream, I'll do it because this just seems so surreal and real here. I don't understand this. And most of those things haven't worked out in my life. I've not had anything then show up later in life that the dream actually pointed me toward and it actually worked out. But I have had a couple of vivid dreams like that that were so vivid that they stand out in my imagination for the rest of my life. So I wonder, was it like that for Joseph? Because there was an angel involved in the dream, and so it was something significant enough here. But what we have to be careful about is we tend to think... That just because this is happening right around the time of Jesus' birth, that this must be an isolated incident and God doesn't communicate this way. In fact, we're seeing this, that this is something that actually happens over and over again. So, Joseph's dream came to him as this come to Jesus moment. For him, this was really his decision, is he going to follow Jesus in the sense that the Messiah is coming, are you going to follow with my will or not? There's this strong sense that this is what the Lord wants. Um, And this isn't going to be the last time that this happens with Joseph. So you remember later on, he's going to get warned in a dream about danger, and he's going to pack up his family, and he's going to go someplace else into Egypt in order to run away from whatever this danger is going to be. So Joseph has this pattern that's going to develop in his life, at least twice here, where he's going to listen to dreams. And one of the things that we're going to see is that God did this before, and he's going to do it again. If you look back into the Old Testament, remember... Joseph with the coat of many colors, remember Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar, other instances throughout the Old Testament. God used dreams in significant ways throughout history with different people, and they made decisions based upon these dreams. And in Joseph's case, it wasn't just Joseph having dreams, he was interpreting everyone else's dreams, and some of these were kings, but others of them were bakers and cupbearers. They weren't just these amazing leaders that were prophets and priests and kings, they were the common people that were having these dreams as well. And as you look in the New Testament, what do we see here? It's not just during Jesus' birth, it's people who are coming to visit Jesus, they're having dreams and visions coming to him. Then we get to the book of Acts, and in the book of Acts, we're told that Joel chapter 2 is being fulfilled in the book of Acts, where sons and daughters are prophesying, dreaming, and and this is something that seems to be a sign that the end is, is near. now there are views that people are going to say that God only works in certain ways in certain eras. And I I think that is true because you look at, you go back to Samuel and what God says um, in the text there with Samuel, it says that dreams and visions weren't common in that day. So there are eras where this isn't true and it is true, but I'm going to tell you, you, you're not going to find some verse that tells you specifically that on this Sunday, whether or not God's going to give dreams and visions today and, and what era we're in and those things. Um, But what we do see from the book of Acts, seemingly, is that dreams and visions are still happening. So here's the neat thing about being a part of Grace Church here. Uh, One of the things that we prayed for years ago, as we sent people to a certain Muslim country, was the missionaries asked, would you pray for dreams and visions for these people? And some of us kind of thought like, well, I don't know. I mean, that's a little bit out of my zone, but I mean, if you're a missionary and you're asking for that, maybe we'll, we'll do it and see. And it's far enough removed. We can kind of pray for that sort of in faith, right? Pray for them over there. One person removed that God would do that way over there, right? And the same thing over at Liberty University. We, as, with Liberty, all of the missions trips that are going out from Liberty, it's amazing because people start coming back and telling these amazing stories, and we know these people, and we're like, this person doesn't seem to be prone to psychosis. They don't seem to be prone to, to lying. But yet they're coming back with amazing stories that stretch our paradigm simply because they seem to sound a lot like the Bible. And so when we're looking at, at this, it's interesting because I, as I asked the, the folks who asked us to pray for them to get dreams and visions, what we found is we did get reports back of people having dreams and visions. And in fact, in these countries... I won't get to that yet, but in in these countries, what we found was that many of them were actually getting to the point where when someone came to Christ, they would ask you, oh, what was your dream that you had before you came to Christ? As though it was so common that it was expected that you would have a dream coming to Christ. Now, a lot of times that's with the Muslim folks because they're looking to dreams, If you go to the Hindus, often that's where we see signs and wonders being happened because they're looking for God and signs and wonders. And so it's interesting because it seems as though if you're open to something, that it's more likely that God will speak to you in those kinds of ways. And we've already shared a little bit about my wife or or I and different ways that we've prayed and how in different eras of our life, when we're open to those kinds of things, it seems like that's what actually started. So I'm not going to call you out or make you share. But I want to see here if anybody would just raise their hand, if you would be so bold, to say like, you know, that as you were sleeping one night, that something came to you and then later on that happened. You're like, "I, I was dreaming it and then later on it actually happened, what I dreamed. Would you raise your hand there? Okay, so look at the hands. Just keep your hands up here. Okay, these are pretty reliable, not so weird people, right? So these things happen, and you weren't even necessarily seeking it. You just dreamt it, and then it happened later. And I'm married to one of these folks where it happens, and I kind of watch and think, like, I don't think she's messing with me. She seems like she's really honest about this. And, and what about this? Let's get a little bit closer to home with Joseph. How many of you had a dream that helped you make a decision? you raise your hand about that? Just raise your hand high. Okay, about this. All right. And so some, I'm not going to suggest that every dream is from God, necessarily. But what I am going to suggest is that God does use dreams historically, and, the tra- and we look at the trajectory of the New Testament, it does seem to indicate that in this last of the last days, this is a way that God has opened up to communicate with his people. So I have a little bit of a dream challenge slash experiment this week. As we look over how we're, how we're going to Um, approach these things, why not ask God to speak to you through dreams, Um, that possibility that he might actually do this? Um, And then be mindful of your dreams as possibly part of God's counsel, but also be mindful that it could actually be an enemy attack, or it could be your mind's attempt to process what's going on in your own life. Some of you have reoccurring dreams that are happening over and over again. Some of them are dreams of the worst day of your life, and it keeps happening over and over again. And I can't tell you whether or not that's the enemy attacking you, or whether it's not whether or not it's you trying to process this, trying to figure it out. Um, If it's coming to you harshly and forcefully, I don't believe it's the Lord that's bringing these these dreams to you. But warning dreams do come. Uh, So when you look at some of the warning dreams, they're often going to be unpleasant in the sense that the topic is not pleasant but yet they come to you peacefully because they're being shepherded by the great shepherd. So as I've, as I've talked through folks who actually keep dream journals and, and talk about some of these things, it's been interesting. One time I, I was reading a book and a guy said that he was trying to make a major decision in his life and he called some friends up and he said, hey, did you happen to have any dreams about me lately? Because he knew that these kind of folks were the kind of folks that would hear in dreams. And they actually said, yeah, I wasn't going to tell you about it, but since you ask, here it is. And he's trying to make a major decision. Is he going to move cross-country? Is he going to be involved in a different ministry? And I didn't necessarily pray and ask the Lord to give that to us, but I really thought, like, that would be cool. Almost like I'm almost praying it. Sort of like, that would be cool, Lord. I mean, that would be neat. I wish I had something like that. And um, what was interesting is then later on, on one Sunday, I had three folks from Grace kind of nonchalantly, jokingly even some of them share dreams with me about Pray Through It Ministries and some of the things that we're doing, and it, and it de- definitely honed some of the way that we were looking at and approaching some things. Um, and I felt honored that the Lord would give other people dreams about us, and, and they would speak into this. Um, so I want to encourage you to, to consider that um, and write them down. It's been said that dreams are written in disappearing ink, um, because what happens is, as you start to, to uh, write the dreams down, it actually solidifies a little bit more. If you wait hours, minutes, even sometimes after the dream, you're often going to forget it. And one of my friends who says he's cataloged over 250 of his dreams, he suggested um, that what happens if he waits too long is he gets really concrete with his dream. Like, ah, this happened, then this happened, then this happened and he misses all the symbolism, all the nuance. He just gets the structure of it. He doesn't really get what the real message was of the dream. So it's important for us to write it down, and that's why I, one person um, they, that I know, she sits down right in the morning, and she writes out her dream journal so that she can be able to understand what it was that's going on. And think of it this way. If you're, if you're still like, I don't know, this is weird stuff. I don't know what to do about this, Um, it's still happening. Um, You might not even think that you're having dreams necessarily, but just imagine if you're watching a movie every night. Do you ever do this where you watch a movie before bed and you think about it all night long and you wake up, you're still thinking about the movie at the end? What, What if you're having all of these dreams in the middle of your night? What if some of the reason why you're not sleeping very well at night is because you're being tormented in your sleep and you're just ignoring this movie that's going on in your head over and over and over again? So much of your life is spent just in sleep Wouldn't it be wise to shepherd that time? You know, I'm hoping that you curate the movies that you watch. You know, there's uh, something called Common Sense Media online. You can be able to look up ahead of time what's in the movies before you watch the movies. And there's also something called VidAngel that you can be able to run your movies through to be able to take out certain parts of the movies. Um, But you don't always get to do that with your dreams. You don't always get to say, nope, I'm going to skip this dream. I don't like this dream. I'm not going to listen to this one. Um, it just, they're just happening in the background and you're influenced by them. Think about, it. they used to have these records that you would listen to at night that would have subliminal messages to try to help you become a better person. You would listen to them all night long. And then at the end of the day, you know, supposedly you would be a better person because you'd apply what you were listening to at night if you were open to it. But if we're listening to these messages all night long and then we come up, come out of it the next day, doesn't it seem like maybe our dreams are going to affect us even if we don't want them to? And, and by the way, I think that's part of what's going on. Um, whenever we have a dream and it comes true in the future and you're just like, that's nothing. It's me walking across the parking lot, talking to somebody else. It that's not even significant. You know, uh, so I think sometimes these dreams are to prepare us that we can be intercessors or to be prepared for something before it comes, maybe. Um, but I think it's worth praying into. Uh, Let's not do what Joseph did right away. I'm not saying like after this sermon tonight, you go and have a dream. You're like, well, that's it. I had a dream, so I'm gonna go do it. I'm gonna be like, Joseph, do this next crazy thing just because I had a single dream. I, I like to think that maybe Joseph had some discernment, a track record before he got up to this big point. And maybe it would be good for us to have a track record before we get to these pivotal moments in our lives and we need the Lord desperately to speak to us. It'd be great for us to have all the avenues possible that he would have for us when that time comes. So, whether this be, some of you, you're up for a challenge. Some of you, you're up for an experiment, whichever it is. So, ask God to speak to you through dreams. Be mindful of your dreams as part of God's counsel, the enemy's attack or your mind's attempt to process life. Ask God to help you remember and interpret them. Write them down. And then follow God's leading about whether you should share them or not. Every dream is not meant to be shared. And by the way, sometimes you'll just share a dream, and you're going to be very... um, vulnerable, as you share this thing with someone else, um, you might not understand the interpretation of it, but they might, and it might not be pretty. So you need to be careful about some of these things that you're thinking through and dreaming of. And by the way, don't necessarily feel guilt and shame for everything that you do in a dream, though you might have some ability to change some of that. I, I like to try to make good moral decisions in my dreams. Um, sometimes I'll have dreams that, that I make an immoral decision and it tears me up the next day. I'm like, why would I do that? Did I, do I have responsibility for that? And I have to work through it with the Lord. And, and usually in the dream, it ends up being that I wasn't in the wrong because it actually wasn't true And anyways, So it's just important for us to process these things through the Lord with us. So what I wanna do here, I just wanna end here by praying for you all. Um, some of us um, are ready for this. Others are not. So if you're not ready for this, then you don't have to accept this. But I'm just going to ask the Lord for you to, to speak in these things, to guide you in these things, to ask Him to guide you and to understand what He actually does and doesn't do here today. And so as we look back with Joseph, I want to encourage you to look at the struggle that this was and this commitment this was. And he was willing to listen to a dream because he believed that God did this. So let's pray. Lord God, Pray for each person here, and Lord, I pray, would they not just have sleep, but would they have rest? Lord, I pray specifically for those who are not having rest, Lord, but whatever the case may be, whatever is, the, whatever is uh, causing them not to have rest in their beds, whatever is causing them not to have rest in you, we come against that in the name of Jesus, and we ask that you would break this, and you would set them free from whatever it is that's keeping them from resting in you at night. And Lord, we ask that you would guide them specifically, each person here. Would you help us, Lord? Would you hone our minds that we might remember those dreams that are important, that are significant? Would you build us up as a body that we might corporately discern your will as we move forward in different things? So Lord, I pray for dreams and visions. I pray that you would give them guidance into all this, that they would understand what these things mean biblically. Lord, that we wouldn't be fearful from those things that are of you, but Lord, that we would be extremely discerning of anything that's our own imagination, anything that's of the enemy. But Lord, this is a scary thing because we so much rely on what is called science. We rely on what is called our own reason. And Lord, we ask that you would give us wisdom in this. Lord, that our reason would not be hijacked. It would sit in its proper place. It would be balanced, Lord, with listening to you in the right ways. So Lord, I ask that you would bless each one in their dreams, that you would guide us, Lord. We thank you so much for Joseph. We thank you so much for his example. Um, but for all that he poured into Jesus and cared for him during all of that time. And so we pray that during this season you would guide us. Lord, as you present Jesus to us, we ask, Lord, would you guide us in whatever way that you're leading us, just as you led Joseph, would you help us, Lord, to see, to understand who this Jesus really is, Lord, that we might believe and follow the truth. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.